0: Hello and welcome to the TGS Podcast. Uh, today, I am doing this solo for the first time, mostly because I felt the need to respond and share my thoughts on the Field Sports Magazine's most recent article, My Aim is True by Chris Packham, in which he lays out a seven point plan to save shooting. For those of you who haven't read it, I will read through each point individually. Uh, beforehand, by the way, Chris talks about how much of a brilliant rifle shot he once was fantastic but then he gets into this so what to do well here is my five-point plan for an immediate brave and bold recovery of reputation and brace yourselves i'll speak my mind it's what i do so interestingly chris packham called for this truce and fieldsports uh, magazine had an interview with him that is in two parts the first part is at the beginning of this magazine before this article and the second part is coming in the next one this first one is about grouse shooting the next one is about uh, game bird release interestingly but here it is the five-point plan I'd like to think of this and a lot of people have poo-pooed this bask it out the court first off we need to uh, lay some things out Chris Packham is most definitely more in the animal rights extremist camp than anything else there's plenty of footage out there of him berating what we do in terms of countryside management and uh, and a lot of very vile, violent rhetoric, according and uh, linked to that. So one has to look at this from he is stepping towards us, and I can't imagine that this is his actual truce. I feel like this is like the start of a negotiation, if you like, anyway. So, point one stop the illegal slaughter of our birds of prey. It's the single most emotive issue that riles the conservation movement, and whilst it continues, so will the rapid movement towards enforced reform of shooting. How can you achieve this as an individual? Stop patronising those shoots that have been found guilty of wildlife crimes. Spend your time and money on those with a proven good reputation. Offer them a carrot. Beat the bad with a stick. The pound's in your pocket. By shooting on those guilty estates, you're directly endorsing criminal activity. Next, stop resisting and start assisting the regulatory bodies and and the judiciary process with proper punitive measures for the criminals. Demand that the shooting organizations publicly shame those perpetrators and estate owners. Draw up a public blacklist. If you want the names to some names to get started, let me know. Then stop driven grouse shooting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) More than any other part of your industry, it is underpinned with illegal or unsustainable practices. It's out of control, has been thoroughly exposed on multiple accounts, and is doomed. It's not a question of will it be stopped or reformed, only when. So jump before you are pushed. Finally, ask the leading shooting magazines to manage significant reward schemes to name and shame the raptor killers and to publicize them widely. Well, here is my first issue with the the five point plan is that first point is actually like three points. So it's not really a five point plan and it's actually a seven point plan, but it's actually more like a 20 point plan. Anyway, so let's work our way through that first point. Stop the illegal slaughter of birds of prey. I think everyone can get behind that. Everybody who is a true shooter and countryman can get behind the illegal slaughter of birds of prey. However, I'd also say back to Chris that there does need to be an addressing of large and overpopulated certain species of bird of prey, namely buzzards, um, and in certain areas, red kites too, to say that there does need to be loopholes, not even loopholes, there needs to be processes, less litigious processes to help us manage these top end predators. Simple. Stop patronising shoots which have been found guilty of wildlife crimes. Well, this is very difficult, and I'm sure uh, Chris will understand that it's not a simple thing to actually get somebody prosecuted of a wildlife crime of killing a bird of prey. When it happens, it happens, and I would agree that that is the case. However, the estates in those instances generally dismiss the keeper and get somebody else in. So, should you stop that estate if they took adequate measures? No. I do think, and we've said in the past and I've discussed with multiple people doing a um, a star-based conservation rating for different shoots, I think that would be a really wise thing, so shoots that have a higher conservation uh, practice practices or a larger net biodiversity gain get better, I don't know, get a better star rating, to me that seems logical, I think. Next, stop resisting and start assisting the regulatory bodies in judiciary process. I think most people do do that. However, it's also very hard when the evidence is uh, usually very circumstantial, and once you've spoken to any upland gamekeeper, you realise that there is a significant amount of setting up. So for example, we're chatting to a guy, Jim, gamekeeper, and he suffers regularly people smashing up his traps, but more importantly, he can live with that can't. But the worst thing is when they take the restrictors off, because suddenly they've turned a perfectly legal trap into a perfectly illegal one. And in certain circumstances, he has actually had people take those traps and put them on top of poles to, to create a pole trap. And say a pole, put it in a trap on top of a post, birds of prey like perching on posts. And it's, it's a totally illegal method. However, it's a very simple way to set up a gamekeeper. So, why should we be... <sighs> If you're going to make it that easy to prosecute on this circumstantial evidence, yeah, there you go, that's all I'm going to say. Is Why should we be berating or outing people for stuff without correct evidence? You can't be asking for comment upon things that are still under investigation. And all of these things is very hearsay. I found a trap that sat on top of a pole, it must be the gamekeeper, when actually you could quite happily put that trap on top of the pole and blame the gamekeeper and I'm not at this point saying that raptor persecution doesn't exist because clearly raptor persecution does exist is it wrong? yes it most definitely is should it be something that the shooting world accept? no no it really shouldn't but at the same time in a world where it's very easy to accuse somebody of something it really should be an evidence-based scenario I was chatting to someone a little while ago who essentially said they are all welcoming and for regulation because it will drive out certain people that are just doing this for profit. Which leads me on to the next thing of band-driven grouse shooting, because it's bad. I don't see how doing a walked-up grouse shoot would be any different because you'd manage the ground just as intensively or in the same way to get the grouse that you'd want to shoot in a walked-up fashion. Is it just... I think that's virtue, the opposite of virtue signaling, I guess, is I don't like the fact that these people stand there and birds are different towards them to shoot. I'd much rather if someone worked for it, whereas the end result is the same and the management practices are the same. I'm not really sure what he's getting at there, apart from playing the um, class card. Right, he's playing the class card. Anyway, uh, off of that, point number one, because I could spend a lot longer on it. Here we go actually wait no to jump before your push finally ask the leading shooting magazines to manage significant rewards to only name and shame the raptor killers and publicise widely I could get behind that however I'm also fully aware that there's a lot of bitchiness in the shooting community and that if you wanted to ruin somebody's career that would be a really easy way of doing it More probably if that was the case well, how would you prove it it would be a really easy thing for somebody who's anti-shooting to Throw a lot of keepers under the bus for saying, I, I know he does this. So, so, what happens there? They just get watched? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, point number two immediately, not after an unnecessary consultation or review, introduce a ban on the sale, possession, and use of all dead ammunition in the UK. Withdraw firearms licenses for anybody who flouts the law. Celebrate the use of game shot with non toxic ammunition and ensure that supermarkets and restaurateurs will only use produce harvested in this way. Lead is poisonous, you know that. It has been banned from paint, pipes and petrol because it damages human health. So, frankly, how in the 21st century do you think it's tenable to fire 5,000 tons of it into the UK countryside where it kills 50,000 to 100,000 wildfowl each year? Ask yourself, do you want children and especially pregnant women to be eating game contaminated with lead? It reduces IQ. It also reduces, uh, by the way, the... <laughs> future IQ and future success of the child when they have lead. So I don't, uh, my my other half has just come off of being pregnant and we ate no lead shot game during that period. We did eat copper shot game during that period, about uh, that being deer, venison. Because a lot of studies say that is the case. However, the studies also say that an adult male can eat, or an adult Human can eat lead shot game with very minimal effect or or with negligible or immeasurable effect. So, am I pro lead? I suppose not really. Um, Not based around the human science, but to do with the wildlife science. I have been shooting steel a lot this last season and will be shooting steel mostly next season. But I'm also anti-plastic wad, so this next season I will be experimenting and shooting only steel, personally. Because, well, I feel like you've got to embrace that change, you've got to stand by what you want. If you read any of the science, not only on Waterfowl, but on uh, ground nesting birds in the lowlands and uplands, uplands less so, but in the lowlands, the effect of lead shot on grey partridges is not great. And yes, the chance of eating it is fairly minimal, but you have to stick by your guns. I am a conservationist, I love wildlife, and as such, I do not love lead shot um, particularly. However, up until recently, as, I said there hasn't been viable alternatives and to ask us to immediately change when there is not viable quality alternatives yet you're asking very large organizations to close down it's amazing to me that the cartridge manufacturers anyway said that it would take them five years and they wouldn't have a workable solution and yet you know Game Boy have come out with one inside of four months uh express have just announced one i know that whole cartridge is dealing with one. the uk manufacturers are working towards getting the correct stuff However, there is viable continental ammunition out there. Bioammo, for example, is completely biodegradable, and that's amazing. So, do I think that an immediate ban on lead is bad? Yes. Do I also think that an immediate ban on lead ammunition for everything is ridiculous? Yes, because actually, if you have a high bank clay shoot where all the lead is caught on site, there's no reason that that should not be able to shoot lead. That, that's, that's just my thoughts anyway. As long as you could contain the lead say on a trap ground, a skeet ground or even a sporting clays ground inside of the area then why not shoot lead um, in that scenario? Just a thought. Anyway more to the point actually there is not a viable high quality does all copper round for rifles yet. 2-2 rimfire certainly is not that viable. 17s have only just come out with a copper alternative that's half decent or non-toxic alternative that's decent. I am yet to see a quality 243 round that is consistent on all game species that, that that's legal for. There you go, I'll shut up about that point number two now it's good but asking somebody to do something like that immediately is irrational. More to the point it's worth saying that all quality change takes time enforcing change on anybody is never good you need to steer the ship not just put an iceberg in front of it because that will probably change its direction but it'll also cause a lot of damage. That's an awful analogy Point number three. Please, please stop those self appointed custodians of the countryside who exterminate all the predators or all the mountain hares on their estates from telling us they're conservationists. Um, it's cringe worthy and pitiful. And it makes us laugh more than it makes us angry. These people haven't even studied the Ladybird book of ecology. There are plenty of sustainable shooters who practice good conservation with proven success. If you give these people a the prominent voice, then people like me will help you celebrate their achievements. And no, that doesn't mean we'll be singing the praise of anyone who's got curlews breeding on their moors because they've killed every last predator. That's not conservation through a balanced ecology. That's just curlew farming as a byproduct of grouse farming. We all know this species hasn't declined due to crow and fox predation. It's been sliced apart by farm machinery, so I'll happily join hands with any shooters who want to lobby the farming fraternity about silage spring, spring silage cutting. The principal reasons our curlew numbers have plummeted. So, let's start at the beginning. I, for one, not one second, think that all gamekeepers are good for the environment. That would be irrational to think that. However, do I think that game shooting on the whole creates a net biodiversity gain in the countryside? side? Most definitely. There's a lot of science out there that says that. Do I think that there are some amazing, amazing gamekeepers out there who are probably much better than any conservationists. They are solid, practical conservationists. They create habitat. They may reduce predators. numbers. They create a balance in favor of rarer species, which surely that is the point in conservation, to conserve rare species, not to just let it all go to pe- to shit. No, it's the baseline there, isn't it? You don't want that to happen. There are no gamekeepers that kill all of the mountain hares. I know quite a few in Scotland and tell you what they do. They shoot the same amount every year. The population bounces back. They shoot the same amount. The population bounces back. They regulate the numbers to a number that they are happy with on the ground for the use that they have on the ground. That is the primary function for that ground. The reason it exists in the state that it does. He also puts custodians of the countryside like this, they are the custodians of the countryside, they are the people who are looking after the countryside, they're the people who are doing the practical aspects here, at least. Anyway, moving on. Uh, If you actually genuinely mean you'd like to join hands, by the way, come and join hands, Chris, with those who care, but you'd have to move from this hard-set, speaking-your-mind attitude to being more flexible and actually finding a central path. You can't ask all shooters to fall over to your side. Um, asking shooters to ban driven grouse shooting is the most ridiculous thing in the world going back to point one why not say i don't know anything that is less extreme asking the entire industry to ban a small piece because perhaps i don't shoot driven grouse. for example i can't afford to shoot driven grouse. am i happy that driven grouse shooting exists because of the management practices that go on to conserve these very small pockets these nucleuses of populations of things like curlew that are struggling elsewhere which you allude, Chris by the way later on to being uh, part of farm machinery. We all know this species hasn't declined due to crow and fox predation but actually a significant amount of them are predated by crows and foxes the same crows and foxes that benefit from all of the farming practices you berate later on that have artificially high populations that we try and regulate. You say you don't like curlew farming because you don't like grouse farming but at the same time killing every last predator. They don't either do that, by the way. Spending some time on grasshoppers will teach you, or will teach anybody, that actually these guys kill the same amount of animals every year. If they were wiping them out, the numbers they were killing would be declining. You know, if you kill 500 stoats every year, that means you've got a very balanced, regulated, low population of stoats. It's a sustainable low population of stoats. More importantly, you're not wiping them out, you're sustaining a lower population. to benefit those that those in a large population would kill. It's, it's all really nice to think that you'd have a balanced ecology, but I don't know where in the UK you think there would ever be balanced ecology. Balanced ecology disappeared 10,000 years ago, unfortunately. And even then, I, don't, I trying to reimagine a time that nobody could ever, um, we don't know what it actually looked like now would be ridiculous in a world that's changed fundamentally from the species that we have introduced to the species that have benefited to the way that we manage land. Anyway, I'm going to shut up and move on. I would agree that farmer practices do need to change a little bit. A little bit, quite a lot. However, with the government telling them to do one thing, you trying to tell them to do another just doesn't work. Again, all change takes time and it has to be incentivized changed. If you can come up with a... no, I'm not going to say that because it's a ridiculous question. Moving on to number four. Stop killing endangered species just because it was okay to do so when they weren't castigating into extinction. It's great that so many people have voluntarily ceased shooting woodcock and some common snipe too, but both these species and others such as golden plover and pochard, remain legal quarry and yet without ambiguity are also in critical decline. Traditions must have a contemporary relevance to be continued. 100% agreed with that by the way. So, and it's something I've discussed with a few people recently is the ability or the possibility of changing seasons or perhaps the need to change certain seasons, whether it be of deer, some deer, or some game species, because the seasons have changed also, you know. Where the patterns change, nothing stays the same. Perhaps changing some of the game seasons would be a, a good thing for the animals and for us. However, I'm also aware that nobody ever wants to put anything up for review because you get the likes of... Chris while Justice saying well actually you should only have a month to go and shoot partridges. when why not shoot them for five six seven ten twenty <laughs> um, so these birds are now disappearing so stop killing them off when shooters post photos of these piled up on their bonnets of their cars during the Christmas period along with misidentified jack snipe or run a snipe special edition of their magazine it quite clearly says We don't care about science, we don't care about conservation efforts, we don't even care about the future of our sport. I would agree with that to a certain extent actually. We know shooting hasn't been driving these losses, but so what? Take a voluntary, we know, take it, take out the voluntary, we know it's always abused by idiots and put in a mandatory moratorium of the shooting of these birds at least until we can collectively address the real reasons for their declines. Alright, so, yeah, knowing it's abused by idiots is, is an interesting one, and he clearly is au fait with our internal arguments in the shooting world, which is fascinating. Do I think that the Woodcock season should be changed? Definitely. Do I think that it should just be for migratory Woodcock? Yeah. Do I also feel like in places where there are large populations of Woodcock, they should be allowed as a byproduct of the good work they do, be allowed to harvest the woodcock that they have benefited. If you dedicate your thousand acre estate, take it out of arable and turn it into a woody, messy, horrible, swampy bit of woodcock ground with some lovely open areas for them to go and feed an eye, why should you not be allowed to reap the benefits of that? But at the same time, those who are shooting on a larger commercial basis pheasants on ground that it's not gonna hold a lot of woodcock, if they see a woodcock, should they be allowed to shoot it? Should they shoot it? No. Do I think there should be harder voluntary lines? Yes. Do I definitely think that certain types of duck shooting should be regulated in some way? Yeah, I probably do, actually. Um, it's not the wildfowl on the bank who shoots you know, one every three outings that's doing it. It's, it's a lot of other things that perhaps... I don't know. I'm going to stop talking and move on to point five. Help, rather than harry or hinder Wild Justice in his desire to simply understand the real ecological effects of releasing the excess of 50 million non-native game birds into the UK landscape. Hand on heart, do you honestly think that this sort of superabundance, this colossal biomass is really having absolutely no impact at all? No, you know it is. We just don't know precisely how much, where, or when. And all we're asking is to independently access this so we can be better informed and therefore affect conservation and have a healthier, more sustainable landscape for people and for wildlife. I know from reading shooter magazines that the growing number of guns are turning away from driven shoots, mass slaughter, and huge waste. They are not just worried about environmental issues, but animal welfare too. Which brings me to bonus point number six. Okay, Uh, so this one's actually quite interesting. Uh, Asking an organization that has literally annoyed and upset every single shooter, gamekeeper, or wildlife manager in the UK to lend them their support is the most far-fetched ask on this entire list. Asking anyone to support Wild Justice after what they have done in terms of hindering and upsetting and just creating a general bad vibe and PR towards the shooting industry is obscene and uh, unrealistic and you have absolutely... <laughs> I don't know. It's just not tenable. What you ask about there being a um, impact from Game Bird release, of course there is. However, what you're missing is the fact that a lot of these game bird shoots or game shoots that release game birds also offset the damage that game birds would do to a natural environment, if there is no natural environment, by the planting of game covers, by supplementary feeding, by doing all of these things do they affect the environment? yes, but if you ever seen a field of sheep? there's not a lot that goes on there, I would argue that pheasant release is probably better than just grazing ground because the environment you have to create to hold those birds there is beneficial for so many other bird species. Giving you the ability, you, while justice, open access to do your science, you've already proved that you can't be trusted to create or use balanced science in any of your arguments. And I know that certain organisations on our side also use balanced, unbalanced science in our favour. If you're asking a truly independent body to come and do this, Yeah. I'd I'd probably be like, yeah, that's not a bad idea for the sake of science. To have a 10-man team with five from either side or actual scientists like Rob Mars, who we interviewed a little while ago, who doesn't care about the science they find. He doesn't care about the politics of the science, which is what Wild Justice is trying to find is science for your politics, which I think is a big issue. Guns are turning away from driven shoots, mass slaughter and huge waste. See, I don't see that first line of that as being true Uh, the second is a motive and the third well we'll talk about that in a second. Guns aren't turning away from driven shoots. Driven shooting is probably the most popular it's ever been which is why people are releasing more birds and more ground is being turned to driven shooting because it's a more viable alternative in terms of income to agriculture. So yes more ground is turning to driven shooting and more people are driven shooting so not that many guns are turned away from driven shooting or else walked up shooting would be you know vastly more popular and more accessible well, actually it is not that accessible um, but what there is is bought but the price per bird for walked up birds is greater than that of driven birds and it's an argument I have with a lot of people is it would be nice to shoot less birds and release less birds and all this kind of thing but then it would it's not that viable a business model without charging a large amount per bird that might, would, would turn the industry off. Which would be bad for wildlife if these wildlife managers didn't do their thing. I could take you to parts of the UK where that are purely agricultural and they are barren biodiversity deserts. There is not a lot there because there is no fallow ground, there's no layer there's no trees, no hedges, there's nothing. It's quiet. Definitely quiet. Anyway, moving on. Bonus point number six. Ban the use of snares now. A 2012 government study showed that only 32% of species trapped in snares were the intended targets. Estimates suggested that snares trap 1.7 million animals in the UK every year. That's quite a few. Despite the House of Commons advocating a ban in 2016, the government went ahead with a revised Voluntary Code of Practice. So I feel like the Voluntary Code of Practice should probably be a mandatory code of practice in this stage. Um, However, the, the laws and rules on snares are pretty tight. The subsequent shooting industry study showed that less than half of gamekeepers polled had read the code. Again, I think you don't want to enforce training on people because there's a, a bitterness and resentment that comes alongside that. But a general, change in attitude, a general change in attitude towards that and perhaps changing the way in which we educate and train our gamekeepers wouldn't be a bad thing. Not to say that what they do needs to change, but certainly the way, I don't know, we'll talk about that in another podcast perhaps. That's a wise idea. Voluntary never works, it does. So come in line with the 77% of the public and 68% of MPs who want this cruel practice banned. It's not cruel, it's difficult, isn't it? It's, I was chatting to a great friend of mine who put it this way, I said, why is humans so neurotic and animals aren't that neurotic in the grand scheme of things? And he says, because our brain is designed to hold the information of where the plants that we want to eat are, what's poisonous, what's not, what's in season when to eat, who to talk to, all of these things, social interactions with other animals, including predators, how to survive as a human is quite a complex thing. Nowadays, it's not a complex thing. So our brains can do whatever they want. You know, he put it quite simply as you get, like dogs can get upset and depressed now, but a wolf does not. It's a simple thing that our minds are preoccupied with with nothing. So we fill that void with crap. Anyway, it's a bit like things of going, oh, is is snaring cruel and that's one of those things that neurosis would dictate that um snaring could be classed as cruel because you're holding an animal there by a collar but we take our dogs for walks on leads for like multiple hours a day not this is a bit different but it's not that i don't know it's that's a, it's a completely untenable argument isn't it is snaring cruel no not really is there alternatives not viable without huge manpower, that's the that's the point. I know a lot of gamekeepers and not that many use snares anymore, apart from those who have ground where they have to. A lot of that is due more to public access than anything else because actually the worst thing, and these guys really don't want somebody's dog to get caught in a snare, they don't want to catch non-targeted species. However, the world is changing, and I think gamekeepers are changing with it. Banning snares would be very, very detrimental to a lot of wildlife in places where using high-powered rifles is not an option. Anyway. The plain, simple reality uh, is that shooting has to change. We are obviously intolerant of slavery. This is the bit that really got my tits. Relating shooting to slavery, racism, homophobia, human rights abuses, torture, and child labour. You see, I would put animal rights extremism in that. I think that we should be intolerant of that, Chris, which you are one. So that would lump you in that group. How does that feel? It feels pretty bad, doesn't it? To shame. I don't know what you're trying to achieve by this, probably just to get under people's skin and get some publicity. And whether if it is truly like trying to find some middle ground, like yeah, I'll take this as your starting point. If you take where I am at as mine, Anyway, we've moved on and are moving on with these issues and now people have woken up to the indisputable fact that our environment and its biodiversity are in very deep shit. We cannot continue to countenance its willful abuse. We will not tolerate its criminal or unnecessary wastage. Our species must find a place in an ecological balanced future to survive, and that means change. Shooting can either fight it or you can work together. So I think you feel a bit like Goliath, but little Chris with his slingshot and his stone is growing in power. Don't underestimate outrage. It tears down statues and takes control without prisoners. Which leads me to my extra special second bonus. Alright, so that's a lot to digest, isn't it? Uh, let's start with the back. It's a threat. It's the most definitely a threat. And I don't think anyone underestimates Chris in his intentions or his power or his ability to sway. And I think him calling himself Little Chris is... um. Painting a very false picture of who and what he actually is in this game. My first point here is that an ecologically balanced future is a long, long way away. Chris seems to be wanting to start with the uplands. The uplands are literally the last place that I would start. Yes, they kill a lot of predators. Most of them, the vast majority, do not persecute birds of prey. There are not a lot of birds of prey up there because it's a harsh environment. Chris once did a campaign saying there's no wildlife, we want wildlife on the moors. If you go up there at the wrong time of year, there is none. If you go up there at the right time of the year, it's like a zoo. There are thousands and thousands of very rare birds congregated in these very beautiful places. If you want to start somewhere, go to war with agriculture. I know they're a bit of a bigger, harder target than the shooting industry for sure because, well, farming is much more organized and you don't argue with someone who creates food for you that's the baseline, you don't argue with someone who creates food for you because they have the ultimate argument, whereas we are a food production industry in a way, we, we harvest a lot of meat, be that on from one way or another, but we are seemingly less organized, powerful and government funded than farming however, I'd love it if you want to join hands and try and change agriculture, I'm all for that. Would a change in agriculture be a benefit for ecology and biodiversity and all of these things? Yeah, 100%. Will we still need to control predators a lot to get a lot of these rare species established? Yeah. Do you like that? No. You say in an earlier in your uh, thing about you didn't feel that you adequately portrayed the need to manage deer. Well, I don't think anyone has quite. I don't think it would be in your interest to do that because as soon as people accept the need to manage deer, they might understand that the need to manage all mammals that have benefited from human existence—foxes, crows, magpies—I know you'll say that's not right—jackdaws, stoats, weasels all have benefited from what we've done and a lot of species haven't and it's our job it's our responsibility to safeguard those anyway there's a documentary coming out in the next couple of days you can watch and uh, you'll like that. Point, Bonus point number seven let's rapidly find equal and honest terms for a truce it really depends how flexible you are Chris let's stop fighting and start cooperating use each other's skills and knowledge to make more progress more rapidly I would agree But, like I said earlier, you have put out way too much vile, violent rhetoric towards us for for us to forgive you that quickly. You're going to have to make concessions. You're going to have to agree that predator control boosts and helps rare species. You have to agree that grouse farming, as you call it, the management of uplands of Britain for grouse shooting, has massive biodiversity gains. Would there be a better way of managing that for general wildlife? Probably not, actually. Probably not. They are re-wetting it. They are doing a lot. They are losing heather cover for it, and they are all accepting of that because that is the right thing to do ecologically. And they are pretty much to a T all conservationists. There are certain groups, um, and I think this is this is where I show my colours and you know get a hitman hitman hire on me. Certain perhaps land management people who overly intensively manage land because they do need to be making money. Do I think that these people are probably the culprits nine times out of ten? Whereas, nah, I can't even bother to talk about this, so I'm just going to get shot. But there are certain elements of over-commercialization without the need to have that biodiversity gain that these people are not hiring the best of the best gamekeepers to, who truly care about wildlife. That's as much as I'll say about it um, before I, you know. Get kicked out of the world. Bold and brave campaigns which would test both of our communities and allies. Things that would get people thinking on both sides and get them changing their minds. No, I missed a line here. I met with the editor of another shooting magazine, an informed and passionate young man, and offered him a a raft of potential partnerships. Interesting. Sadly, nothing came of it. But I am here, and I'm happy to take risks, and keener than ever to make a positive difference before I'm recycled. You obviously know where to find me. A polite letter would be more welcome than another dead fox on the gate. Mind you, my skull collection is coming on nicely. And that is the seven point plan from Chris Packham towards the shooting community. Well, I think it's quite radical. I think he probably didn't think it through and I'm sure he was just looking to raise some backs. If he truly means that he wants to find some middle ground and work together on some projects, well, we are here. I know Basque wasn't interested because they see him as just a threat. But I do think that working together is the only way we can go about the future. And I say working together, I mean genuinely working together. I'm not looking to give up more ground than I'm comfortable with. And I'm sure that actually, if you took Chris and showed him these places and said, look at the alternatives. They all go against grouse moors. And I find it the most ridiculous thing that these places are literally the most biodiverse, beautiful places in the UK. There are some lowland areas that are equivalent, but not half as many. Because agriculture is a powerful thing, we have a need to make ourselves food. And that bad agricultural practices probably cause significantly more damage to the world than bad gamekeeping practices. Anyway, that's the seven point plan for those who didn't read it. There are a few of my thoughts upon it. I've emailed Chris. I'd love to do something together. I'd love to find out if there was actually any tenable middle ground. Because I'm sure there actually is. Uh, There is, but it would involve him conceding and stepping away from his extremist buddies. Um, I'm referring mostly to Tingay and Avery, the other members of Wild Justice. Because I see Chris is probably the more reasonable of the lot, depressingly. He is just a figurehead of that organisation. The others, I feel, are probably more violent antis than he. Mostly out of this, I'd love to know what they think banning driven grouse shooting will will do. Apart from ruin (laughs) ruin (laughs) these last nucleus population of many rare species, because if you go to unmanaged moors, they just don't have them anywhere in near the numbers. They have a couple, but not really, because they are predated. Anyway. That's me done talking. Thanks very much for watching, guys. Listening, even. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch up soon.